0: Today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks, it is a Goals Thursday. We're going to talk about the Goals and their hot start to the season. All of this on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everyone? It is a Thursday, and you know what that means. It's going to be all about the San Diego Goals. They're off to a 6-0 start, the best record in the American Hockey League. We're going to talk about that. And also have a special guest for the last two segments. But first, a reminder, you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts can be heard. Let me take this off really quick. Also, don't forget to rate, comment, subscribe, and please rate five stars if you haven't already. And subscribe if you have not already. Twitter, my Twitter is StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. But once again, we're talking all about the San Diego Gulls. And their star players. First, let's make, let's break down the three games that took place since we last met last Thursday. Saturday, February 13th, it was the Colorado Eagles coming to town to take on the San Diego Gulls, and it was a doozy. It was a fun one, to say the least. Uh, Greg Patern scored his first of the season on a power play to make it 1-0 Colorado early on. Captain Sam Carrick scored on the power play. San Diego's been very good on the power play so far this season to tie it up at one this one was close. Vinny LaTerry party started. He got a power play goal from, oh, guess who? Trevor Zegris and Jamie Drysdale. They got the apples on that one. That made it 2-1 to one. late in the third after a Ryan Wagner goal tied it up. Vinny LaTerry again struck to make it 3-2. That was the final score on Saturday. So that improved the record to 3-2. and two. A couple of notes on that game. This was Vinny Lattery's first game in San Diego, and he belonged right away. Yes, there was a plethora of penalties on this game. And this was also an Anthony Stolar's start. He got sent down to San Diego. There was some goalie shuffling going on through the weekend because the Ducks did not play any games through the weekend. And Stolars hadn't had any game time. He hadn't had any action. So what the Ducks did was they sent Stolars down from the taxi squad to San Diego to at least get some work and get a game in. So Stolarz got the nod, and he was magnificent in goal. He stopped 31 shots out of a possible 33. So that was Stolarz's first start for the goal's first win of the season. Stoli was the starting goalie for San Diego last season, and then right after that, he went right back up to the taxi squad. We're going to be seeing a lot of this throughout the season. We're going to see some goalie shuffling, we're going to see Stolarz down in San Diego. We're going to see Stolarz possibly up with the Ducks at some point when either Gibby or Miller wants a day off. More likely Gibby's going to have a couple more days off, so we could see the tandem of Miller and Stolarz in that lineup. So yeah, I'm sure that's not a tough it's not a tough spot for him because it's San Diego and Anaheim, they're not too far off, which is or rather Irvine and Anaheim. They're not too far away. It's only a 20-minute ride and he's in the area, so that works out. As far as Jimmy Drysdale, he had two apples on this game. Drysdale's leading all defensemen in scoring so far this season. So that was Saturday's game. Sunday, it was Lucas Dostal back in net. This one was a thriller, to say the least. The first period on Valentine's Day, it was Ryan Wagner from Callahan Burke to once again give Colorado an early 1-0 lead. Do you notice a trend here? Then, with 22 seconds left in the first period on a power play on a very... Okay, this was a dumb penalty by Shane Bowers for holding. It was a bad penalty, and they paid for it seven seconds into the power play. Zegres with a nifty, nifty assist to Andrew Agazino. The vision on Trevor Zegres is beyond belief. That was his fifth apple of the season, and that made it a 1-1 tie. Agazino's first goal of the season. Second period, Colorado begins to get shots on goal, shot after shot after shot. Then the third, Patsy, Andrew Podorowski, got his first of the season, finally. Hallelujah. Podorowski has worked very hard this season, and he's had a little bit of bad luck. He's been snake bitten around the net so far this season, and it finally paid off in the third period. His first of the season, finally, pass from Josh Mahura made it 2-1 goals. The goal itself was very close to net, and I got to give props to Josh Mehera on that one for having kind of a little backwards pass right to Potsy. So his first of the season, that was a good one. But right after that happened, it was all Colorado. San Diego got the first shot on net, and immediately after that, it was shot attempt after shot attempt. So San Diego had one shot right away, then Colorado had the next Eight shots. Lucas Dostal saving them all. Then, in the middle of the period, it was Trevor Zegers getting a shot in, Josh Mahura getting a shot in. This was on kind of what looked like an odd man rush, but it was definitely streaking in towards the net. Zegers had a very good shot on it, nearly went in off Trent Minor, and Mahura nearly got a rebound in there. But after that, Colorado got the last 13 shots on net. San Diego relaxed a little bit. And boy, it showed because with only 12 and a half seconds left, Greg Patern got the game-tying goal, his second of the season. And, oy, it was tied up at two goals apiece. This one went into overtime. San Diego did not take long in overtime. They won the faceoff and never gave the puck up. 17 seconds into the overtime. Jamie Drysdale with the ripper from the faceoff dot Got it right past the goaltender, Trent Miner, to give the goals a 3-2 victory in overtime over the Colorado Eagles. This one was a heart attack of a game because you could feel it coming. Colorado was getting more and more and more shots and more block shots and more shot attempts. They were pressing big time, but yeah, they scored that late goal. Fortunately for San Diego, they came back and won in overtime. So once again, 3-2 on Valentine's Day. Then last night, it got a little bit testy once again. Uh, Very quickly, Bakersfield got off to a two-goal lead to start. Brad Malone and Luke Esposito both got goals. And stop me if you've heard this before. The goals gave up the first goal of the game. This is an alarming trend, but just as always, they come back strong. Benoit Oliver grew Got his first of the season. And Jacob Perot finally got off the schneid. His first of the season. That tied it up in two right away. The two Condors goals came within 20 seconds of each other. The goals goals came within 48 seconds of each other. So both of those were just bam, bam, bam. Right away. Second period got rather interesting. Trevor Carrick got his first goal of the season to make it 3-2 to San Diego. Shortly after that, Cooper Morati got his second of the season, make it 3-3. to And then only two minutes after that goal, we had a little bit of action where Vincent Descharnay tried to, I guess he was a little bit targeting Trevor Zegres. He was going after him a little bit, tried to get a knee on him or tried to knock him down. It was not the best of plays. Sam Carrick jumped in right away and pretty much pummeled Vince Descharnay. So they both got five for fighting. But this was a case where Trevor Zegers needs to be careful. I know fans are saying, get him up to the NHL. But he was clearly targeted. And now we're starting to see teams going after him. So he's got to be careful. He's got to make sure he looks up a little bit faster, a little bit more. Because he's going to have more guys coming off of him. This is only the sixth game of the season. And Desharnay was already trying to injure him. Or at least trying to knock his ass down. And it nearly worked. So just gotta be careful. Something else I noticed in the second period, double teaming was beginning to happen. Guys are really keen in on Zegras. So he couldn't really find any open space in the second or third period. But Vinny Letary did get the game-winning goal in the third. And assists were from Sonny Milano, who is now back. He's going to be playing with the goals this week on a... I guess it's a long-term... not a long-term, but they're calling it a long-term rehab assignment where he's going to be getting some work in. So we're going to see Sonny Milano for the next few games. He got an assist. So did Jamie Drysdale, his fourth of the season. Vanilla Terry's third of the season. And that was the final score last night, 4-3 to San Diego, to propel them to a 6-0 and record, the best record in the American Hockey League. We're going to head to intermission. But first, let's talk about... What are we doing here? Oh, we're going to talk about cars. Car parts. Where can you get the best car parts at a good price? RockAuto.com. They have all the parts your car will ever need. If you go over to RockAuto.com right now, in the How Did You Hear About us box, tell them that Locked On sent you. Once again, that is RockAuto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto. Hey, I even did this song. Yeah. Coming up after the intermission. I'll tell you what it is now. We have a special guest. It is going to be John Broadbent from Defend the Nest. He's going to come on for the last two segments, and we're going to talk all about the goals. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And it's a Thursday, so it's technically locked on goals for you San Diego fans. And I am joined by Jod Broadbent from Defend the Nest. Uh, how are you doing down there? Really,
1: really good. Uh, it's it's great to be on.
0: Thank you for coming on. Uh, so I've been following you pretty much for the last couple seasons since I've been going down to Pachanga Arena almost on a daily basis. It sounds like. And you've been doing Defend the Nest for quite a while. So why don't you tell the fans about that for a quick second?
1: Oh yeah, no worries. Well, thanks so much. Um, yes, I started it. Wow um I'd say three years ago, but I've been following the goals since their inception um it came about because I was writing for like writing about the goals for Anaheim calling, but uh my articles as game recaps were not really being published on a regular basis, so I decided I'd just go off and do my own um and that's really how it came about and i'm really I really love interacting with the fans I'm super jealous jealousy get to go to Pachanga. um. <laughs> And it's I'm um, I'm glad we've both found a love for the girls. Um I was trying to remember we had some banter about a couple of weeks back on Twitter actually. I forget what that was about now. Yeah. Um
0: I think it was about like, nickname or something. I don't oh, know. Posse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no. Um something else. I'm I'm totally on the Dostal boat, by the way.
1: Yes, yes. I'm so so yep, good work, mate. Very, very proud of you for that. Um we're gonna we're gonna turn everybody one by one. Yeah. Um
0: well, actually, it was, it was someone else that got me onto that. Um, Kat Silverman, who does the Elite Prospects, he was the first one that got me onto that saying, no, it's uh, Dostal.
1: Oh, yes, good work. That's awesome. so, when, right. so, so when I saw one your
0: one tweet, thing. I said, oh, okay, someone else is on this.
1: Yeah, it's only because there's a guy on my team that's Czech, and I was asking him about it because um, he, he said he's, if I wanted to interview Dostal, um, I could just write up the interview and he would translate it for me. Um,
0: yeah. So, yeah. Actually, you know what? <laughs> Um, let's kind of run a slight audible here and talk about Dostal for a a quick minute because he's been amazing in net so far this season. He has a perfect 5-0 record so far this season. Um, He's been getting peppered with a lot of shots. And I know the American Hockey League doesn't track Corsi stats. They don't track the shot blocks or the missed shots. And if they did, the goals would be getting heavily out Corsi'd every game, especially in third periods. That's mainly a residue of the fact that they have a lead every third period. So... That's partially why.
1: Yes. And it's a good pickup. You're absolutely right. Um, but he's quietly doing it. I don't know if you noticed some of the saves are spectacular. Yes, but there's not heaps of them. It's all, he just quietly gets it done. Um, there was one save that really stood out to me tonight that I've written in my article. Um, I refer to it as the breakdown save. Uh, because did you see that? He went, he attempted for the poke check missed and then just flashed his leg out out of nowhere. Um, and made the stop.
0: Um, well, I mean, but, Dostal yeah. has that flexibility and that really athletic ability to be able to make those kind of stops on a daily basis.
1: It's true, but also a thing I noticed about him is that, and people, have, a lot of uh, commentators have said this, his style is very technical. Um, he doesn't seem to use up a lot of excess energy. Um, kind of like Gibson's matured into that, whereas, I don't know if fans remember when Gibson first came out and was quite raw, he was very athletic, very swimmy, Is I think the word we described it as.
0: Oh, uh, that might be the um, correct word for that because that's kind of how his style was in 2014 and 2015 when Gibson first came up with the ducks.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, we're you know, Dostal. Dostal, sorry. Um, he he doesn't do as much as that as you'd think he would for a raw rookie. Um, he's still very technically sound. You might see him do the odd, as I saw tonight, breakdown save, but. He, he just like I said he just quietly gets it done
0: well absolutely and he's only tw- uh, 20 years old too I feel like he's going to get better very soon do you possibly see him as the backup goalie of the future for the Ducks as opposed to Anthony Stolars?
1: definitely but I, I I hear that chat and it's really hard for me to differentiate myself as a goals fan where I don't you know we're gonna we're gonna get at least one year of him which is this season but I'd I'd love at least another one, um, but yes, that all depends on the Seattle expansion draft as well. Oh, uh, no. I don't
0: think Gibbs, Gibby will not be exposed. Let's put it that way. <laughs> not a no
1: Stolarz. Well, um, I'm guessing that's why they. You know, everyone knows that's why they extended him.
0: Yeah, but uh, I, I don't think those. I don't think that he gets picked up.
1: Yeah, because there's, yeah. Pl-
0: there's plenty of other goalies that will be exposed that will be picked up by Seattle.
1: Yeah. Yeah, good point, good point. I don't know if, if the Ducks have Dostal in their plans to jump straight into a backup for Gibby, given it's just all about managing his ice time, really, moving forward, because you throw him in for one year as a rookie, he does really well, and then you bump him up to the NHL to be a backup and sit on the bench. It doesn't flow.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and that's something that the Ducks have to be concerned about, uh, even right now, where they're playing John Gibson a plethora of times. And you yeah. look at the numbers that uh, Dosal's putting up, uh, he's got a 950 save percentage but i look at more of the high danger and i know this stat isn't tracked but seeing some of the high danger chances that are coming up against him, especially in those third periods and he'll make those athletic saves but he doesn't give out that many juicy rebounds is what i call him no i mean You're right yeah yeah he usually collect the puck and i'm i'm sure you could talk more about that for a hot minute
1: yeah he um it's a really good insight he really does uh, manages rebounds. They, they if he if he gives them out, they're generally not into high danger areas. They're always to the side or above. Um, I'm trying to picture any plays tonight where there might have been one or two that came back to the slot, but the but the goals did a really good job of boxing out.
0: Maybe one. and so, That's it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I I can only think of one. Um, I think Trevor Carrick got to that one, and there was like three goals to one condor in the vicinity. So
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the defense in general did a good job of surrounding Dostal with effective block shots, especially during that last uh, sequence. Uh, There was two sequences towards the end of the game on Wednesday night against Bakersfield where San Diego was undermanned. And you could see the defense just really doing a good job of not letting pucks get to Dostal. Dostal could have had maybe 45, 46 saves tonight if not for that defense, especially on the penalty kill.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a common trend with the goals. They seem to always, it's, it seems to be inherited from the parent club. Um, seem to be down a man quite a few, <laughs> yeah. you know, more often than not. Yeah. The only uh, thing that
0: doesn't translate is the pen is the power play because at least the goals power play is better than the ducks right now, which we will not talk about because this is <laughs> locked on goals today. Not, not ducks. This, this is happy time. We're talking about the six and Oh San Diego goals. Yes, yes. Um,
1: yeah, correct. Yes. Oh, how, how good does that sound? Very good. I mean, their penalty call cool. uh, uh, was 100% after three games, uh, yeah. but it's pretty It's pretty close. I haven't checked what it is now, but it's, it's still ni- pretty
0: it's close
1: 90, It's 96%. Oh, my God. See? <laughs>
0: That's insane. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is. To have that many times shorthanded, which, by the way, they've been shorthanded a whopping 24 times. Yeah, through six games, through six games, and they've allowed only one goal. That's 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 a testament to their
1: defense. And that one goal was a five on three, I'm pretty sure, or a four four on three. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. It's one of those we only have three guys. And even on Wednesday's game, when they were six on four towards the end, because there was that penalty kill with 43 seconds left, they were down two men and did a great job. And one of those defensemen that has done very well on the penalty kill that we could talk about right now is Jamie Drysdale of course.
1: Yes um, he made an amazing play tonight that I've tweeted about um, just at the end of the second period on the penalty kill he uh, slid down to block a backdoor pass across the crease where it's a set play you see teams do it all the time on the power play um, Sam Carrick and Corey Trop used to do it a lot uh, and defensemen just even though it's kind of predictable they just always miss it and though, all about 18 years old, read the play, slid down, blocked the pass.
0: And something that I feel does not get talked about enough, we could talk about his skating ability for days, but we need to talk about his hockey IQ. He might be one of the more intelligent penalty killers on this goal's roster right now. Him and even Josh Mahura, who I personally think should be up with the big club. I think Josh Mahura belongs with the Ducks, or at least close to belongs with the Ducks right now.
1: I agree, yeah, it's it's his time, um, and I think the the uh, chorus is growing louder for that. Uh, for the first time in a while, the Ducks have actually got, you know, a good problem of having too many good
0: defenders. Yeah, but they're, all, mean, they're all at the goals. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
1: well, no, I mean, I've been pleasantly, I mean, okay, sorry, switching to the Ducks briefly, but I've been pleasantly surprised with Jacob Larson's play
0: this, this season. Jacob Larson uh, has had some very good games as of recent. Uh, someone that has done very well this season and someone that I loved loved watching in San Diego last season was Yanni Hockenpah. Yeah, me too. Yep. Yeah. yeah but even even last well, even last season, uh coach DeNine even praised Hockenpah, especially last early last season. Uh he would talk about Hockenpah in the sense that he felt like he was growing into himself and even at that advanced age that even Kevin DeNine thought he should be in the nhl and he was right on last season he was,
1: he was definitely right yeah he's such a beast um i keep thinking back to uh during lockdown uh kevin boyle kept hosting a twitch stream playing uh one of the hockey games yeah. and um i remember he, he took questions from people and i asked him if you could choose a defenseman to be in front of you who would you choose and, and he said um hacks yeah um
0: don't yeah, blame he
1: him he yeah so just boxes everybody out, gets it done. So yeah,
0: yeah. But uh, going but going back to Drysdale, uh, his his hockey IQ, like like I just mentioned, is probably one of the best that I've seen in a long time. Um, not only looking at uh place coming in front of him, but even from an offensive standpoint, where it feels like he's two steps ahead of everyone else. And I know that has to do with his skating ability. He is he was one of the top rated overall skaters in this year's draft especially for a defenseman he can skate 200 feet he floats on the ice his vision I think is what's going to set him apart from other defensemen in this draft and I feel like he's in the Ducks future right now so I'll just ask your opinion when do you see Drysdale possibly coming up do you think he'll come up at all with the Ducks this season
1: you know what I really think he could um because his play dictates that he's ready um, I'm constantly surprised by him. And as we were saying before we started recording, I just feel like it's it'd be criminal for him to be in juniors. If if this if this wasn't a COVID season, he would be in juniors. And it's it's been shown that he's not he he's not he's the way too tell for that. Um. So yeah, no, he's he's definitely in the dog's plans. Uh, if juniors ever go back,
0: yeah. Um, well, I can see them know, pulling
1: yeah. him up. Yeah. Um. But even okay, even next season, uh, where he would still be underage, I could see the Ducks um, giving him a like a five game stint maybe, seeing how he plays.
0: Yeah, because there is the stipulation that because he's under nineteen, if he plays a certain amount of games this season, which I think is even less this year, then that ELC would kick in, and for Zegers, yes. it's a slide ELC. Yes. So yep. it dictates a little different. So yeah. Yeah, I could see Drysdale playing a few games. I know Ducks fans are saying, bring him up now. He's ready. Well, guys, you have to you have to realize he's doing well with the goals right now. He is still developing. He's only 18 years old, guys. Don't rush mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all you, of
1: 18.
0: Yeah, all of 18, guys. Zegris <laughs> is all of 19. <laughs> have patience. Wait, yeah. wait till the money gets okay. Wait till the Corey Perry money goes away next season, most of it. Have patience. This isn't supposed to be a playoff year for the Ducks, but this could very well be a playoff year for the Gulls. Right now, perfect record.
1: Yeah, it's a bit depressing eh, because right now we don't have a playoff format. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But if there was? Uh, Yeah, exactly. That would be, well, a lot of other teams are doing well. Laval, uh, I believe, is still undefeated as well. You're right. Um, and who else was kicking some butt? Uh, well, I mean,
0: obviously Henderson has been kicking butt.
1: Yes, yes, that surprised me. I, I, um, my 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 preseason predictions are looking a bit silly right now. um I had Ontario being top of our division, and they only just won a game. So, uh,
0: you know, <laughs> I'm going to address that very quickly. There have been multiple riders that had Ontario way up there. And I said, no, they're going to be a middle of the road team. They're going to hover around 500. I'm not being a pessimist. I was being a realist. I'm What's just... your
1: reasoning? So too many rookies, not enough veterans.
0: Um, part of it is not enough veterans. Uh, part of it is new coach. Ontario has uh... a new coach in John Robleski. Uh, Mike Stuthers um, was unceremoniously removed during the off season. And Stutz, I thought did a fantastic job in Ontario. And for him to be let go the way he did, eh, okay. So, Warblessy <laughs> is a great juniors coach, and he's great with the prospects. I don't know about the veterans. He's still having a hard time mixing the veterans with the young players. So, there's there's a little bit of disconnect there. So, I still see the Reign as a 500 club this season, maybe slightly better than 500. I don't have them at the top of the division at all.
1: Yeah, I flubbed on that, and I didn't factor in the coach thing. Yeah, um, and I guess the goaltending is kind of letting them down as well, though. Vi Viota, Vylda? uh, yeah, Vylda? Yeah, It's it's I mean, I knew that he he can he can uh, do well, um, but the, there's no other really no other real support there. And
0: well, I mean, it took them six games, but they finally got a win on Wednesday night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Against the call yeah. against against a team that is not much better.
1: No, that's a good point. I I called the Eagles to come last or second to last. I think uh so i think i would have had them last
0: (laughs) (laughs) and And, bakersfield second and bakersfield second to last and in san jose third to last okay
1: so all right um you can laugh at me then because i had tucson second to last so um so completely wrong on that too they're the other team that's undefeated i think yes they are
0: yeah Yeah, henderson san diego tucson are all perfect except san diego has six wins everyone else has four wins
1: yeah, so I don't know what I was thinking. I was just looking at their roster, thinking, you know what, they haven't really, they haven't brought in any kids that are super talented. They're just stuck with the same old, same old. But, yeah.
0: um,
1: turns out that works.
0: Yep. Uh, we need a head to break, but are you okay sticking around for one more segment? Yeah, yeah, yep. So I'm gonna do a quick plug and ad read as we talk about BetOnline.ag, which is the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Now that football's over, well, there's no more footy. I mean, American footy, that is, but there's always baseball and basketball, and hey, there's the NHL as well. So if you want to go to your trusted online sportsbook, go over to betonline.ag. Use promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, promo code LOCKEDON gets you a 50% welcome bonus. That is betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly and we'll be back with John Broadbent from defend the nest after this intermission stay locked in welcome back to locked on Goals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I am joined once again by John Broadbent from Defend the Nest. So we just got done talking about the defense and about Dostal. Ah, see, I'm on that Dostal train. Yeah,
1: you are. Good work, mate.
0: And everybody else should be too. Yes, you should. Because this is a goals specific episode, guys. It's Dostal.
1: The ba- just remember, dough. The bakery is closed. No more dough for you. Dough you know,
0: stall. I mean, Pachanga Arena does have uh, Dunkin' Donuts there, so they can easily have a dough stall donut. There, perfect. There you go. Oh my god. So, Pachanga Arena, Sandy, if you're listening to this, the dough stall donut. How are you not already in charge of all of their marketing? <laughs> I love the food. <laughs> that I am okay. So I used to be. I used to weigh a little bit more and i'm a big time foodie. <laughs> you know what what they do say about people that had that had gained weight before that used to eat a lot that will never leave them. Oh. In fact, i had a whole thread last year. I might bring that thread back just for the sake of bringing it back about all the food offerings up at Changu Arena. I'll have to bring oh, that yes. back tomorrow or today, i guess. All right. So there is one player That is on the goals roster that everybody talks about. And I guess it's inevitable that we should talk about Trevor Zegras, the Z-Train. For a while, he was leading the league in points. He was the inaugural player of the week as far as the 2021 season. He had those five points in two games. Teams are beginning to kind of um, tee up on him a little bit. Trying to hit him a little bit. And I know you and I were both a little bit ticked off by a certain hit that took place during the game. Exactly, yep, I'm
1: still fired up by that.
0: Yeah. So I'll let you talk. I'll let you take the lead on that hit for a hot minute.
1: All right. So uh, Vincent DeHane, um, I believe that was the second period. Yeah. He uh, reached out with a knee and clipped Zagros as he was coming through the neutral zone. Completely dangerous and needless. Uh, Hit in play, um, and I'm actually so yeah. Carrick jumped right in, um, dropped the gloves, stood up for his, his rookie. Um, but I'm still quite shocked that there wasn't even a double minor on that play. No, no, no minor penalty at all. No penalty at all. Um, I wonder if it gets reviewed afterwards. Um, I mean, it was intentional. It was extremely dangerous. Uh, I guess because Zegers is okay that maybe not but
0: well i mean it was a rec- uh, it was a reckless hit to to begin with and Carrick was absolutely in the right in defending Zeegris by far yep. because that could have been much more dangerous can you imagine the outrage if he had been injured
1: yeah i i it would have been of uh, i'm the officials were already losing control of that game they would have absolutely lost control
0: yeah and i that. think that, i think that's going to be the worry going forward is you're going to have more and teams more teams going after him and again, he's only yes. nineteen years old.
1: Yeah, and that's also that also plays into my um, idea for why the Ducks uh, haven't called him up yet, um, because he is such a talented and um, what do you call it, very special cornerstone of the franchise. Uh, he he's the star player. Teams are going to target him. There's no there's mm-hmm. no ifs and buts about it. Uh, and so I guess keeping him in the NHL is sort of Sort of, It's a test to see how he can handle that. And tonight was a good example.
0: Oh, tonight, of, tonight was the first real test for Zygris, I thought.
1: Yeah, me too. I agree.
0: Um, something that I did notice. We're starting to see more teams double on him. Yep, yep.
1: Um, yeah, I'm surprised they didn't start earlier, though. Um, <laughs> I know. Give that kid space. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. You give that kid space, he's going to make something happen.
0: Yeah, the, um, Im- the amount of space he got in the first four games of the season... Was just tremendous, and now all of a sudden they're actually singling him up. Now they're doubling him up. We noticed that more today with Bakersfield. I mean, he still had a couple of good chances, but now that they're going after him, maybe there's a good chance that the Ducks don't expose him right away, and that could be part of the reason.
1: Yeah, so, I agree, definitely. Agree. And today, like today's game was the only game the girls didn't actually. I sent an enforcer in the lineup, uh, yeah. So. I mean the game against Ontario they, they had both Kanzig and Drew. Yeah, Andrew, Um which turned out to be needless. But that's the Ontario um,
0: Rain, that's their biggest rival.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, but just looking at their lineup, I mean, this season, um, they're full of rookies and their only punching dude would be Imama. So Yeah. Um as it and it, as it turned out in that game, both the guy, both the enforcers weren't really needed. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's games like this where it's the third time they've played Bakersfield this season, so things are starting to get testy. Um, yeah, it, it might have been a good idea to have at least one of the. I mean, they just got Jamie Devan um, this week, so yeah. Uh,
0: I cannot I wait like for move. the Jamie Devan versus Boko Mama fight later on this season. Yeah. <laughs> considering they were once teammates, I was going to say that they would have been teammates. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So imagine how that fight's going to go. I'm predicting it right now. Who's taller? I think Jamie Devan's a little taller. Yeah, he's 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 pretty pretty big, right? Okay, he, he's a big boy. <laughs> I mean, he's not Curtis McDermott level as far as fighting goes. Don't mention that name. he's just a big teddy bear, a big punchable teddy bear. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you can
0: reach. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, Honestly, still, I'm quite fired up by that. And uh, like we were discussing, the officials um, for that game, we had to look them up because I'm absolutely positive if JST, um, Jordan Samuels-Thomas, was officiating this game, he would have called that right away. He would have kept control.
0: There was a lot of um, officials that would have called that right away. Yeah. A lot.
1: Um, and then, I don't know if you noticed, after that, throughout the game, I saw two clear calls that were missed um, against the the, the, the Condors. Um, there was a blatant interference on um, Kendoop. And uh, and Andy Zoltch even mentioned Antoine Moran, got high-sticked near the bench.
0: Oh yeah, um, I I want to say that was maybe Gambo that got that. May, I think it might have been Joe Gambardella. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, yeah. And oh, I right,
1: so yeah. those guys were actually absent from that first two games. I think weren't they with the Oilers or on their taxi squad?
0: Uh, I, I, I think they were on the. Yeah, they were a taxi squad. Yeah, Gambardella and was Malone. I think I don't remember. Malone was day, definitely not there. One yeah. of those games. And just for the record, uh, the refs tonight. So goals fans, if you want to yell at two refs, uh Brandon Schrader and Chris Waterstrat were the refs. Look out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't believe they missed that call. But I think that's something that needs to be realized. Ziegris is not going to be bailed out every time, and I think that's a lesson for him to learn. Because he's never played professional hockey before this. He's always been college at Boston, or WJCs, you know, he's never been exposed to these kind of players. Don't forget, some of these guys have been NHL players before. Some -hmm. of the guys in Bakersfield are NHL caliber players. I mean, not as many this year as seasons past. I mean, these are not the days of having Ethan Bear on your lineup, or one of my favorite players that I saw in Bakersfield, as far as just seeing him up close, Cal Yamamoto, Oh, that
1: would have been cool to see.
0: Even even watching him up close during warmups, you could tell that kid was special.
1: Is he as fast, like in real life as oh he looks God, on? TV? He's,
0: I think he's faster in real life. Oh wow. <laughs> um there was one game two years ago, at Pachanga, where he just got by everybody and scored a what looked like an easy goal. So there are those types of players that are beyond their years as far as talent level goes. Yamamoto was that guy with Bakersfield. Obviously, Bakersfield. I don't know if you remember this. Bakersfield, remember they had that long winning streak a couple of years back?
1: Yes, yep, yeah. record-setting. And I think I remember that Yamamoto play,
0: now that I think about it. Yeah. yeah,
1: you're right. They had a record-setting winning streak.
0: The, the things I remember. This is how long I've been covering minor leagues, guys. Yeah. It's been so long. Yeah,
1: I'm so impressed. You, I've got amazing memory.
0: Yeah, that, that winning streak, though.
1: Whew. Oh yeah, that was someone else. I don't know, they just and they did it in so many ways, if I think about it, it was skill and grit. Yeah. And um I mean this like from what we've seen from the Connors, this these three games. Um it's not the same guys. So that, no, it's I thought it was like meat and potatoes hockey. Like that they, they don't they clearly don't have the skill to match, so they're just pressuring, forcing turnovers, generally being annoying. Yeah, um, and
0: sloppy. And, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, the, I mean, the Condors have them their work speed.
0: cut out for them this year. Jay Woodcroft, I'm sorry, but you got a tough job this year. Yeah, well,
1: this game kind of felt like they were adopting the Eagles' strategy of um, just yeah, just tightening up one on one, forcing turnovers, and that's why it's always been really frustrating for the goals to play the Eagles because they they never let them any, give them any space to to uh, release their speed or skill.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, it's, we, it's... we we got a little off topic talking about the other team. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, when I know the fans want to talk about Trevor Zegras. Um, so what else do you want to say about Zegras that probably hasn't been said yet?
1: The biggest thing I noticed about him this season is his uh, vision and smarts. He, um, now I remember the, the character's name, but he's, he's like Doctor Strange from from the Marvel movies. Ah. He can he seems to have like 20 different plays in his mind and knows which one's the right one to pick. Um like like pulling
0: off the michigan yeah exactly the fake
1: michigan yes i heard you the way you described that in your abs you were spot on like he tried it the first time didn't work made it look like he was going for the second time to draw the defenders in and then passed it out
0: some fans thought that he just didn't do it twice no i saw a couple tweets maybe a week or two ago where fans were saying oh he just missed the michigan he missed it twice no he didn't i'm I'm standing by this. He faked it the second time. Yep, That's how I'm smart of a player that. is. Because like I said, he drew the defense in to the right side. Then almost like a no look pass to the left. And that was an easy assist for Zgris.
1: Oh, yeah. That was yeah easy by his standards.
0: By his standards. Uh, <laughs> you saw World's
1: <laughs> Juniors. He makes it look easy. <laughs> the World Juniors are so much fun to watch. Oh, um, and are. he made them doubly. So, um, yeah. I mean, what else can you say about him? He's, uh, it's, the Ducks were really just knew what they were doing when they selected him. Mm-hmm. Um, so
0: I'll I'll ask the million dollar question. I'm going to rephrase this. When <laughs> do you think he gets called up, and for how many games? Oh,
1: um, I'd. Uh, they should. If they would have, they would have done it already. Like particularly with Getzlaf being injured, or mm-hmm. perhaps they knew that that was going to be wasn't going to be such a long term injury. But I'm calling it for when a forward goes down next, um, or. Oh. If the ducks get blown out in spectacular fashion, maybe two games in a row, because it'll be the noise will be too loud from the collective fans and the media. Um, yeah, there's no harm in bringing him up for a while. Yeah, I know, but I mean, I mean, yeah, and it's like I said, I've said before. There's no harm in bringing him up, giving him giving a chance. And I mean, if he doesn't impress, send him back down. There's no, there's no problem there. Yeah, I mean,
0: um, the the only risk is that you expose them too much, and like I said, that EL, that slight ELC should come into play. Then you lose a year of team control. Yeah,
1: the Ducks don't seem to be afraid of that. I mean, they've done that in the past with um, Lundeström and, and Comtois. Um, Look
0: like how well that turned out.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, oh. I mean, it's turning out well this season. But no, yeah, no kidding. Um, I'm counter to you. yeah when you're saying before uh, the kids all of eighteen, uh, Drose does all of eighteen, and Zegers is nineteen. Don't mm-hmm. rush them um and yeah case examples being Lundestrom and comptoir the past two seasons but they're, they're coming through this season
0: yeah they are um, um i had predicted that he might come up this week only because the ducks are finally getting some more games in play and i could understand where some saying, call him up last week there was hardly any ducks games last week they only had the game on thursday monday that's it at least true at least this week you had friday we had the two weekend games and then you had the game on Wednesday, so I mean, I am co- predicting that he comes up some point this month.
1: So if we're making a call, it might be. So are the gu- are the Ducks playing? I don't know. I don't so know if the Ducks' uh, schedule. So between the 20th and the 24th, are there games between there? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I'd... that'd be a good spot because um, the goals are off between then, and then they've got like three games in a row in Henderson. Um on the twenty f onwards.
0: Yeah, I mean there there's now gonna be a lot of ducks games. They've had so much time off the last week and a half that it might be time. They have Minnesota, they have Arizona. Two opponents that don't really strike fear in the ducks.
1: Good call, good call.
0: So it might I, it might be a chance. I have one butt. What's the butt? Sonny lotto. Ooh. How, how did you think he looked on his return?
1: Very good, very good. Clearly yeah. too good for the AHL. Um, oh. I mean, rusty, obviously, but still clearly too good for the AHL.
0: I'm going to say this on uh, the record. This was true five years ago. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> he was too good for the AHL five years ago, and he won a Calder Cup because of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I still players, still but, one yeah. of my my first year covering the AHL and got to see Santa Milano win the and Calder Cup.
1: Oh, that would have been
0: so cool. Broke the curse of Cleveland.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, that was that was a wild that was a wild atmosphere, man. That would have been so much fun to cover. That would have been awesome.
0: It, it was fun times. Yeah.
1: Well, he um you know, two breakaways. I th- I saw your tweet it, two breakaways. Um splitting pretty much just splitting the def- defense on the um on the power play. Yep. Uh that was yeah, he's He's leaps and bounds ahead of, of everyone.
0: Yeah, um, but this is a long-term conditioning stint, as was mentioned. So I could see Milano being down here for another couple of games, and that's about it.
1: Which would mean the, the next game against Baxter and Colorado.
0: Yeah, they got the games. Yeah, that, that, works. that works out perfectly. They got two that games over the weekend. Yeah. And yeah. he could be up as early as Monday the 22nd, on that next road trip at Arizona.
1: There you go. There
0: you go. Because what did he get in? Like a couple of games
1: to start the season, and then he got hurt. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, well, I wish I could have you on for longer, but it's <laughs> <laughs> been fun. It's been fun. But we'll we'll have to bring you back um, at some point when I do my Thursdays. about yeah, sure. the Goals. Hey, I I I enjoy the goals fans like they are some of the greatest fans in the world in America's finest city.
1: Oh, they most definitely are. Um, I wish I could meet... I mean, I haven't... I've met a couple in person, but I wish I could meet more in person, and I will eventually, yep. when we're all allowed to Jeff,
0: travel again. Jeff is awesome.
1: Oh, I, I've said to him, um, I would be honored to wear his hat, and if, when <laughs> I'm allowed over the next, I would I'd love to do that.
0: Um, before we head off, be not involving the hat. Before we... <laughs> I'm going to stop that right now Um, before we head off for the day. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on the socials and where they can find your work and where they can find your website.
1: All right. We'll start with website. Um, Defendthenest.com. That is defendthenest.com. I try to do game recaps and weekly post update um, and various other bits in between Uh, and on Twitter. Pretty much, I, I am on Facebook, but that just covers my articles. Um, Twitter, I am quite active and cover the the games and always tweeting things. Um, that is defend the nest sd because somebody else had defend the nest, so defend the nest est, sd, and that's my Twitter.
0: Awesome, uh, thanks so much for coming on and please come back <laughs> for another round of talking about minor league hockey.
1: Oh, most definitely, and thank you so much for staying up. I'm so sorry because it's yeah. Not sure what time it is there now, but yeah,
0: I'm used to Dancing this. Okay, <laughs> goals fans, if you, if, if you saw me there last season, I would stay there till eleven anyway. So this, so this is fine. Well, I can't
1: wait till we can all party in person.
0: We'll get there. We'll get there. Yep, hopefully. All right. <laughs> thanks, thanks, JD. and and thanks to you, the fans, for listening. Don't forget that you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Smoke Signal. Um, <laughs> Telegraph if they have them, <laughs> and also, I'm only kidding. And also, make sure to rate, comment, subscribe if you have not already. Uh, check us out on Twitter. Uh, the Twitter account for the show is at lo underscore ducks. My personal Twitter is at stimpyjd, as in Ren and Stimpy, one of the best nicknames nice. ever. Yes. And uh, on behalf of John, thanks once again for coming on. Really appreciate it.
1: No worries. All good. Thank you so
0: much. And for Locked on Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please stay safe out there. Be kind. And Ducks and Gulls, fly together.